go. Alrighty, what's up, queers? How? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was going to say, how has everybody been? And then I was like, oh, wait, nobody's here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we can still ask them how they've been. How how have you been, y'all? Y'all? I, what? I've, I don't think I've ever heard you say y'all. Really? I say it all the time. Maybe maybe I just haven't, like, recognized that you've said it, but I don't think ah. I've ever heard you say y'all. I was born in the South. I mean, that makes sense. Oh, I hi. I'm I. Oh, yeah. We totally forgot to do our introduction. I'm Liv. And this is Subqueers. Yeah. Um, so we have been, honestly, it, it's, been a, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. We both have been through a lot mentally. Yeah. And, I mean, you needed to take a break, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I, I'm so grateful for having that opportunity and being able to take that break, you know, having that with you. So I'm just glad to be back and and glad to be back in the swing of things. And life is no less stressful, but I think my brain just needed a day of rest. Yeah, you definitely needed to. I mean, the way that you explained everything to me, it definitely sounded very overwhelming. (laughs) And I was, I wanted to be there for you in the best way that I could be, which was taking on last week's episode. And two week ago's episode. And you absolutely were. And that means the absolute world to me. It's really cool because I I think, you know, obviously our listeners, well, some of you know us, but most of you don't. And you don't know our friendship. And I would say that, like, our relationship is really one that's just built on so much respect and mutual respect, mutual care, mutual love. And that has been something that I, I truly haven't had from a lot of relationships throughout the years i mean there's a handful of people and they know who they are who have been around for for a long long time and it's because our relationships are built on that foundation and so it's really cool to have yeah i was definitely thinking that the other day when i was getting my hair done because it's like i know that i bring you a lot of like random ideas (laughs) especially about like our podcast or just like life in general or whatever like there are times where it's like I'll say, okay, I, this is what I'm thinking. We have this, 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 and this. And you're like, "Mm, let's maybe not do that. Let's maybe (laughs) tone it down. Let's go from like 95% to like a solid 10. Let's not. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, It is really funny because that (laughs) is how our conversations go. It's like you come and you're like, let's do this. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's think about the logistics of this. And then you're like, Oh, you're right. Honestly, that's just my ADHD speaking, though, because though I am so impulsive with uh, so much stuff with like mm-hmm. buying makeup, buying clothes, with yeah. jumping, bungee jumping, with friendships, with food, with whatever instant gratification mm-hmm. and impulsivity. And then there are times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be impulsive, and it regards the podcast, and you're like, no, you will not be. <laughs> <laughs> that's your unmedicated ADHD talking to my medicated ADHD. <laughs> honestly facts yeah (laughs) honestly facts though (laughs) but yeah oh man i we definitely one day just need to talk about like our specific diagnoses and journeys with them that's that's a topic for the future but today we are going to be talking about self-love in the perspective of physical self-love yeah so you know we all enjoy partnered physical activity intimacy, but I think that there's a really important kind of subcategory of love and intimacy that involves you and you. And ultimately, I think that it's not talked about enough. And though societally we have started talking more about masturbation and about, you know, learning your body and loving your body, we still are not in a place where we talk about it enough. And there also is the the, the aspect of self-love that comes from having self-love in a relationship yep. and having that physical intimacy with yourself in a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you brought the idea of doing a self-love episode, the first thing I thought about was the TV show Sex Education. Yes, I fucking love that show. It's so perfect and nothing speaks more volumes to what we're trying to grasp here than the episode I just watched. Granted, this is my first time watching Sex Education. Yes, I know it's been out forever. I am late to the game. Please don't tell me that. But it's the episode (laughs) where one of the main girls is having intimacy with her new partner Mm -hmm. and he's like, what do you want? And she's like, I don't know. Yeah. And Otis, the main character, is like, well like go figure it out like go touch yourself go figure it out 
And that night she was just like, oh my God, I know exactly what I want. And the mm-hmm. next time she went to her partner, she was like, I want X, Y, Z, A, B, C. You're going to do it in this order. And yeah. then when I start to shake, let it happen. Yeah. And he's like, got it. And uh, there is a really cool part of the series that goes into one of the characters. I don't know if you're at this point yet. It doesn't really spoil anything, but her having vaginismus. And so having the the con- contracting of the vaginal canal that makes it uncomfortable to have sex or to have any sort of penetration. I think I I know who you're talking about, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've gotten to that episode yet, but gotcha. I think I'm at the build up to it. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's really interesting because it, that is a factor as well in self-love. It's like if your body is fighting against you, regardless of if it's you or if it's a partner, mm-hmm. that's also something to think about. I mean, I know that, you know, personally I have been with partners who experience vaginismus and we explored dilators and we explored different ways of intimacy that we could pleasure each other mm-hmm. without hurting yeah them and that also comes with like an area of a safe space between you and your partner mm-hmm. so not only are we going to dive into kind of like how to love yourself how to learn yourself but also how to kind of translate that into your intimacy with your partner and yeah. the benefits of doing that i find it really interesting because a lot of times what i end up hearing is that people feel as though they are somehow cheating on their partner by having that self-intimacy. By masturbating? Yeah. It's bananas. And this is something that I have exclusively heard from other queer people. How is that cheating? That's what I'm saying. You are not, there's not another person involved. There is not another, you know, facet involved in this. There's not another human being. It is just you pleasuring your body. Like, just because you're pleasuring yourself does not mean that you don't want your partner to pleasure you. Exactly. The only way that I can think of it being, or not even think of it being cheating But the only way that I can understand, and I put massive air quotes around that, being cheating or being considered cheating is if the person who exclaims that it is a cheating act has so much self-insecurities and so much doubt, also maybe a touch of narcissism, that they're making their partner feel small. But that's their issue to deal with and not their partners. Their partner shouldn't have to stop masturbating because (laughs) they have their insecurities. Because they're insecure about their sex life. We 100% should not operate as human beings, as individuals, should not operate off of the rule books of others. Agreed. So your rule book's your rule book. If you personally feel that masturbating is something that shouldn't be done in a relationship, that's fine. You don't have to do it, but don't put that on your partner. Your partner can do whatever the fuck they want because that's their body. And unless that is a decision that you're making together, that is something that you both feel comfortable with. I understand that there's nuance and individuality in every relationship and everyone has different experiences and are coming in with different experiences. But don't tell other people what they can do and can't do with their bodies. That's just point blank, full stop. Mm -hmm. All I can hear in my head right now is our friend Hallie saying, period. Period. That is like, that's all I can hear in my head right now because that honestly is just like the way to put it. So I have some stats. I pulled from a lesbian sex survey, actually. Ooh. um, That was performed with about 8,500 participants. So lesbian in this context describes two women not noun describing the sexual orientation of the two women having sex so this also is completely includes all women and what we understand are all women which includes trans women and those who identify as women yes. so if you believe otherwise fuck you <laughs> um, out of that 8500 54.73% masturbate one time or more per week it is a consistent like it's over half it's a consistent yeah. thing at least once a week i mean heck for me alone it's once a day <laughs> well now that i'm on ssris my body's just like boop I don't want to do anything. You know what's really funny? My medicine, my anti-anxiety medicine Mm -hmm. is supposed to like make my sex drive smaller, which Mm -hmm. it does at times. But then also at the same time, when I am in the mood, I'm Mm -hmm. in the mood. Right. And I'm in the mood for hours. Yeah. It's insane. Mine is kind of weird. It sort of fluctuates where I have these periods where for like four or five days, I'm just like gimme 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 and then i don't feel anything for like a month that sounds satisfying that's kind of satisfying but also at the same time it's kind of like annoying it is it is very annoying i will say and i i mean i'm sure andy's annoyed by it too (laughs) 
True. But, you know, just because I don't want to be touched doesn't mean they don't. So segues perfectly into looking at single people versus coupled folks. Um, 64% of single people masturbate more than one time per week compared to only 46.97% of coupled folks who masturbate more than one time per week. Um, Honestly, I was surprised at how high the number of coupled folks was. Mm -hmm. I mean, surprised, but pleased, like pleasantly surprised. Um, I would like to know how many of those coupled people are in a long distance relationship. So I actually have some facts about that. (gasps) Give it to me. Lay it on me. Lay it on me thick. So people in long distance relationships tend to masturbate more, but it's only by just over 10%. Really? Yeah. So the margins are not huge. Which, for me, I think is pretty wild. Like, I feel like people in long-distance relationships would masturbate, like, all the fucking time. I mean, I do. Yeah. And I know for a fact my partner does. Which is healthy. Yeah. And if you don't, that's fine, too. Well, I mean, I was just kind of – I was – I don't know. I guess I was expecting, like, a bigger spike in long-distance relationship Mm -hmm. statistics. But I guess, like, I'm basing that off of my relationship. Right. So, hmm, that's very interesting. Well, I mean, that's the only perspective you have. You don't know what – Unless, like, and the thing is that these conversations should be things that we are comfortable talking about. I mean, we are two best friends sitting in a room right now talking about how often we masturbate and how high our sex drives are. So the, the fact of the matter is you should be putting yourself in situations where you are comfortable enough to have these conversations. And it's fine if that's a boundary you don't want to cross, if that is something that you don't feel like talking about with other people. But... I think it's important to have those outlets where you can talk about what you're feeling, why you're feeling it. Yeah. No, I definitely agree on that. Like, it's even if with your intimate partner, mm-hmm. but at minimum with your friends. Yes. Because who are you going to turn to when you're having those sexual frustrations? Or, heck, I mean, I know for a fact when I was single and my best friend lived just up the street, I would just walk over to their house and I'd be like, hey, I'm sexually frustrated. Like, who can you hook me up with? Right. Like, I need to get this taken care of right now because my vibrator's not doing the thing. Yeah. But also, I also didn't – we'll probably discuss this a little bit more, but I didn't get into vibrators Mm -hmm. and toys until lockdown. Really? Yeah. It took me a while. Wow. But that's definitely something that I want to dive into later on this one. Yes. Definitely. Um, So, to kind of go through some more of my little notes here – I also looked at folks who are gender nonconforming, kind of the stats around their relationships with themselves in terms of masturbation. So for those who are gender nonconforming, masturbation can be really scary. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to uncover your own boundaries with yourself and with regards to how you interact with your body. Yeah. But also that translates into what you are doing with partners and that way like if you know that when you are being intimate with yourself you don't like certain parts of your body stimulated or touched that is something that you can then communicate to a partner and say hey this is not something that i enjoy Mm -hmm. so can we avoid these areas or can we x y and z yeah so it's a great way to explore yourself uh setting for setting boundaries with sexual partners but it's also a really wonderful way to affirm yourself um well there is the the fact of gender dysphoria as well that factors into play with masturbation in a gender non-conforming body but again this is a way to figure out what makes you more comfortable if you feel that you want to keep your shirt on because you are not a fan of your chest that is totally valid Mm -hmm. if you want to only be stimulated over your underwear that's also completely fine so it's a great way to explore the different ways that you can fulfill your intimate needs And also pleasure yourself and have others pleasure you. The biggest thing is to remember that the largest sexual organ is your brain. Yes. You have to think about the fact that your – all of your stimulation, it's all led by your brain. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, your body is feeling things. But if your brain is not into it, you're not going to be very into it. Yeah. Like if you're exactly like you said, like gender dysphoria or body dysmorphia, like these type of things that really affect your Mm self-esteem and affect the way that you feel in your own skin are going to take a positive or negative impact on your sexual life. Like I know Mm -hmm. for me, 
Now, granted, I'm doing a lot better than I used to, but I had some pretty bad body dysmorphia. And it happened a lot, especially during lockdown, especially when I was lifting weights, like all of these different things. And I had different variants of body dysmorphia. And so Mm -hmm. I would have sex with my shirt on. And it always had to be an oversized t-shirt or it had to be my partner's shirt in a size large because that was loose enough that it it wasn't showing my curves and it but it was also long enough that it would hide my body parts like I wouldn't have sex without that on or a shirt of some sort or if I was fully naked the lights were off because it's like when you don't feel comfortable in your skin it's going to be hard to share that level of intimacy with a partner and be 100% vulnerable. Yes. You know? And it truly wasn't until I was in my current queer relationship with my partner and my body dysmorphia started to get better. I started to be healthier mentally, physically, all of these things that I was like, I'm hot as shit. Right. And that immediately makes me want to be like, partner, like, I'm hot as shit. Tell me I'm hot as shit. You're hot as shit. Like, we're hot as shit. Yeah. I want to do hot as shit things to you, (laughs) you know? And so it's like when you have that negative mindset, it it can speak volumes not only in your day-to-day but in your sex life. Yes. And especially if you're not masturbating. It has a huge negative effect on your psyche. It has a huge negative effect on how you're able to enjoy pleasure. I know for me, I – Personally, I have a lot of body dysmorphia. I have a lot of dislike for parts of my body and and parts of my physical being. Um, And that does affect how even masturbation goes for me. But that kind of brings me into my next point of genitals are all flesh. Whether you have a penis, whether you have a vulva, whether you are intersex... Most things that can be enjoyed by one can in some ways be enjoyed by the other Mm -hmm. or the others. And I think it's important to note that. So if you have a vulva and you find something that's stimulating and your partner has a penis, maybe try some of those things with your partner and vice versa. And all vulvas are not made equally. All penises are not made equally. So it's something that may feel amazing for you might be terrible for your part so another facet of it is communication self-communication so if you're doing something that someone else has said oh my god this vibrator if you use it this very specific way it feels great but then you try it and it feels terrible that's okay yeah it doesn't mean you're broken it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you quite literally just means we all have different body parts yes before we dive too far into that let's mm-hmm. back it up a little bit why don't you explain what intersex is for those who don't know yeah absolutely so folks who are intersex um the terminology around their community has changed a lot throughout the years i will not bring up previous terminology as there it's quite offensive um, and can be considered a slur, but intersex folks are those who are born with physical traits of both a vulva and a penis or internal traits where they may have a penis externally, but they have a uterus and ovaries internally. So they are born with what is medically categorized as male and female Mm -hmm. genitalia or reproductive organs. Mm Mm-hmm. So while I don't believe in the gender binary, medically, that is how it's described. Gotcha. Because I knew of intersex, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know that it got all the way down to like the medical definition. Yeah. There has been a long history of the intersex community. I think there's like, there's specific cultures around the world that like every single person in the culture is intersex Mm -hmm. and it's just a a, like a genetic mutation that happens and occurs within those communities oh interesting yeah there's um i want to say it's in like southeast asia there is a place where every single person in this like village is born one gender Mm -hmm. and then when they go through puberty they literally end up the other gender oh interesting yeah so like it's really really cool and i would really love to find a guest who is intersex to be able to come on and speak more in depth Mm -hmm. about this but certainly a topic that i think is important to cover because when we look at the acronym for our community when you think about like lgbtqia Mm -hmm. plus because there are 
a number of additional communities that are represented that eyes intersex yeah and why is it not talked about more why are we not educating ourselves more about the intersex community so yeah that is brief dive not a deep dive into intersexuality and what that means kind of going back to what we were talking about in the beginning a masturbation and interaction with yourself mm-hmm. um, and intimacy with yourself that how it affects a relationship yeah personally and for my partner masturbation is just a fact of life like that is something that we understand that we both do and it has absolutely nothing to do with our our relationship with each other it does mm-hmm. not affect our relationship with each other except in positive ways really but there are couples that view it as more than that yeah so what's your take on kind of those who see masturbation as infidelity Mm. big eye roll (laughs) probably the world's biggest eye roll ever to exist ever i think it's ridiculous honestly there's nothing intimate about masturbation other than self-love and if you're saying that that's being unfaithful that that's adulterous then you're saying that your partner's self-love is adulterous because they love somebody other than you because they love themselves yeah that to me is ridiculous because that's nothing but self-confidence that's a self-esteem booster also masturbation is going to boost your partner sex facts because how are you going to tell your partner hey i like it left right up and down xyz (laughs) a b c d move my little joystick yeah without knowing that that's what you want without doing that to yourself so If my partner tomorrow said, I don't want you to masturbate anymore. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel like you are cheating on me. Mm -hmm. I would have to kind of reconsider this relationship because it's like, that's stupid. Yeah. I have, I have no other thoughts than that is just audacious. It is. It is. I do not understand and will never understand anybody who feels that masturbation is a violation of a relationship. Exactly. Especially if it's with a toy ridiculous Mm -hmm. yeah toys are your friend they are not your your competition exactly they are adding to the pleasure of the relationship they are not competing for the orgasm yes precisely i mean there are some people that can only have an orgasm from penetration there are some who can only have a clitoral organ or organism (laughs) organism this is the exact opposite of when you're in science class and your science teacher says orgasm instead of organism there you go. There you go. All of my <laughs> just organism solidarity for anyone who said orgasm instead of organism. In Wait, can I have class. that on a shirt? Organism? <laughs> yes. It is the scientific definition of an orgasm. An organism. <laughs> it's this little thing that just tickles your clit until you orgasm. <laughs> going with that the difference between penetrative orgasms and clitoral orgasms yes and i mean if you have a penis there's multiple different ways to orgasm maybe you like to have your testicles fondled i don't know i don't have a penis some days i wish i kind of did so i could know what it was like but honestly me too (laughs) what what would be the first thing you did if you woke up tomorrow and you had a penis first off i would pee yes because i want to stand up and pee and not have to touch it yeah wipe did you know that that a lot of people with penises don't wipe their penis after they pee. They just shake it and then put it back in. That's disgusting. It's fucking gross. That's so disgusting. That is so nasty. I'm sorry. I'm... At least like pat the tip with a little TP. That's all I'm saying. Just, just like... that. And, and also, men, usually straight white men, don't wash down there regularly. Yeah. So that is even double gross. Yeah. But I've totally forgot. About oh, oh what would I penis, would do if yes. I had a penis? Okay. So first off, I would pee. Second, I would see how quickly I could get a boner. Like what turns me on. And then of course I would have sex with my partner. Right. Of course if they consent to it because my partner doesn't like penetrative sex. Okay. So that's good to know. But I don't know. I think I would just play with it. Like I'm just so like – like all my stuff's internal so I'm not used to it. I would just hope that it would be big enough that I could windmill it. (gasps) Because I think I would just stand in front of a mirror and just shake it back and forth and be like slap, slap, slap from thigh to thigh and then just like windmill Uh, that shit. You know what I would do? I would immediately buy gray sweatpants. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The the dick print. Honestly? The dick print. Yes. Yep. Yes. My having a dick would be my whole personality. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like it is for many a uh, many of people with penis. It really is. I kind of wonder what it's like. It's just like I've talked to guys who are like, what if I woke up with boobs tomorrow? I was like, honestly, you can make that happen. Yeah, that's true. You can just literally surgically go and get boobs if you really want boobs. Boobs are fun. I love boobs. I, I have large breasts. Like, I will be completely open about it. It is bane of my existence. Um, because I literally have to buy shirts in a larger size to accommodate my boobies. And it's annoying. But anyway, I digress. I'm like, it's not that much fun, y'all, but they are fun. I have small boobies and I want bigger boobies because I have no cleavage. You can have mine. I want cleavage so fucking bad. we were like Mrs. Potato Heads and we could just like click off our body parts and give them to each other. And trade them? I would trade you my boobies. I I would be like, I'm going to wear this low cut top. Give me your titties. Yeah. And I would be like, I would like to buy something in my actual size, not two sizes bigger. Can I have yours for a day? Yes. Oh, my God. I would love to trade titties. Titty trading. That's our new business venture. Titty trading. Titty trade. Yes. It's like E-Trade for titties. (laughs) (laughs) Not stocks. Titties. Titties. Um, But I also did want to talk a little bit more about toys. Um, Yes. I'm so excited for I think the exploration of toys is so much fun. I remember the first time that I stepped foot into a sex shop. It was with my friend Kaya. We were giggly 19-year-olds being like, oh my god, we're going into the sex toy shop. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. The person behind the counter totally thought that we were idiots because we're like, we literally went like, I don't know, 45 minutes before they close. There's no one in there. Yeah. So it's just us running around fondling every single different kind of vibrator that they had in there. And so I ended up buying, it it was the first one that I bought for myself, a purple rabbit vibrator. I, (laughs) I I named it Chuck Bass. Stop. Of Gossip Girl. I love that. Because I love having code names for things. So I like naming inanimate objects so that I can just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go see Chuck Bass. I'm going to go see Chuck Bass. (laughs) Little do you know. Um, But very much enjoyed that product for a very long time until it just died one day Mm -hmm. because it was it was really interesting because it was a rabbit vibrator so i had the like penetrative part and the penetrative part kind of went in like little circles (gasps) and then the little little rabbit ears it was like these two little things that that independently went like and and kind of just like wiggled back and forth it was fascinating it was beautiful but that is one of the ways that i learned that i prefer clitoral stimulation Mm -hmm. over penetration unless it's fingers like i don't want something the shape of a penis Mm -hmm. in my vagine because my vaginal canal just doesn't enjoy that like my i don't even think my g-spot works to be perfectly honest so fun fact something i figured out the other day everybody's g-spots in a different location i've explored in there so i don't think it's in there i think it just said peace (laughs) well it could be like men and your g-spot could be in your butthole Mm, i've done sex that way too and it was not the best experience of my life my butthole has been through some shit (laughs) (laughs) see i had a different experience i definitely feel so my first vibrator was the bullet Mm-hmm. And it was just a little AAA battery bullet vibrator. And I remember the first Amazing. time getting it going. Is that like single speed? Yeah. Yes. It was so basic. Just turn it on, turn it off. Two buttons. Yeah. And I and I, my first time getting it, I was just like, oh, yeah. oh, this is fun. And so then I started using it during sex. Mm-hmm. And because I was single at the time, so I had a bunch of FWBs. Mm-hmm. And one of them was my neighbor, which was very funny. So I would Incredible. just like, I would straight up walk over to his house and I'd be like, we're doing it right now. Iconic behavior. And he's just like, okay. He would like not say no, which I'm totally fine with. Amazing. But so then I started using it during sex and I was like, okay, this is cool, but I definitely get off more from the vibrator. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting more invested in toys. And so that's where I found like the silicone curved penis that was also a vibrator. Ah. Also use lube. I'm I'm putting that in now. Please use lube. Even when you're masturbating. Your own natural stuff is great, but you need extra friction happens. Yeah. It's just, it's friction physics? I think friction is physics. It's physics. Use lube. Yes. That should be a lube campaign. It's physics. Use Use lube. lube. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, but if we come out with our own lube, that needs to be our slogan. Yes. 
honest, it's physics. Can we start coming out with our own lube? TM, 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 TM. Nobody's allowed to come up with... Subqueers is coming out with their own lube. Yes. We said it here first. Yes. Don't know when, but it'll happen. Eventually. One day. But yeah, so I used one of those and that's when I was... It was penetrative mm-hmm. and it was vibrating at the same time. And I was Got like... Because I thought it was just the vibration that I liked. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is fun. And then I was like, but I'm not coming. Right. And so then I was like, okay, well, so I like this more as a vibrator rather than a penetrator. So then I got one that doesn't vibrate as a penetrator Mm -hmm. and now I use both. And so that's what I like exactly like you were saying. It's like for me, while yes, I get off on clitoral stimulation, it's not the only thing that helps. Yeah. I also get off on penetration, Mm -hmm. but I also had a lot of like male sex during quarantine right i had a lot of male partners so there's still like that sexual drive i'm not attracted to men mm-hmm. like i used to be i'm sexually attracted to penetration yes and there and it is okay to be a woman loving woman and still be attracted to penetration absolutely yeah because that's how your body that's why gets sh- off that's why fucking straps exist <laughs> exactly and i got two of them hell yeah like yeah and so that w- that's my journey with vibrators mm-hmm. and right now i have one two I have four vibrators, four external vibrators, two mm-hmm. internal vibrators, and three straps. Nice. So I don't enjoy penetration if it's movement. I enjoy oh. penetration for fullness. Gotcha. Just enjoy the fullness of it. It does like it doesn't feel good. There's no part of mm-hmm. it that is actually contributing to the orgasm. Okay. It is just the fullness that I enjoy. But I started exploring more like clitoral stimulation vibrators. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like the ones that are suctiony, the ones that have the little like flicky silicone part that does not feel like anybody is licking anything. It no. feels like something is just flicking. I was going to say, it feels like somebody's flicking. It literally feels like someone is flicking your bean. Yeah. Like that is what the phrase flicking the bean should be exclusively about. It's yeah. just vibrators that have the little like flicky thing. The suction ones are like what i prefer Mm -hmm. because personally i think that feels really good i love that when it's with partnered sex as well like if my partner is using their mouth on me i enjoy a little bit of suction on the clitoral area Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's super important to discover what feels best for you and i have a pretty robust toy collection i Mm -hmm. have quite a few dildos i have quite a few vibrators of all different shapes sizes formations i did actually get a vibrator that is a rabbit style but and though the like the penetrative part does move i never have turned it on yeah never once have used it but the little rabbit part is a suction so it's like perfect for me because it makes me feel full inside but it also is giving me the stimulation that i need to be able to have an orgasm um and it's it's been my favorite that has kind of gotten me through the past few years but i have a collection of a lot of toys um i have a couple of bluetooth vibrators as well i that, have one yeah the ones that are like you can have your partner control it if you want to um the one that i have it's literally like someone across the universe could sync it to their phone so oh, there's like a, damn there's like a code and they can enter the code and control it so like wow. for example if Andy was on or I'm on a work trip and Andy wanted to control it like they could mm-hmm. which is really cool we have not used it that way but and that one that one has been just kind of honestly collecting dust which another reminder clean your toys yes clean your toys before you use them have you, haven't used it in a while clean it after you use them clean, clean it. it if you have a toy clean it right now yep. reminder for you also really handy if you're just having like dildos for metal dildos and also for silicone rubber dildos you can boil them that's true and that is a really great way to sanitize toy cleaner is amazing but at the end of the day like are we really being super thorough when using toy cleaner probably not Mm -hmm. it is good to every once in a while those ones that can be submerged that don't have any electrical or battery parts um boil them throw them on the stove might want to do it when no one's coming over because it might be kind of awkward if you just have you know a pot full of dicks on yourself <laughs> i mean that's something i would do though true i can i can absolutely picture walking into your apartment and seeing just a my, my just little a crock pot of dildos crock pot of dicks yeah yeah i, I could picture that 
Crockpot of dicks. Crockpot of dicks. I I love the things that we say on this podcast. I think we need to. I am literally tonight going to design stickers that are just a crockpot with dicks in it. Fuck yes. So TM 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 TM. Yeah. Nobody's allowed to steal these ideas no, from us you can't that we steal have. These ideas. These Absolutely are beautiful, not. beautiful ideas that. Ha ha ha. We're great. So for somebody who has never, ever, 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 ever in their freaking life ever masturbated, mm-hmm. where where should they start? Oh damn. Before toys, before partner sex, obviously fingers. Know what turns you on. Because you're not going to get wet or get hard just for nothing. Yeah. I mean, you might. It might just happen. But, like, Mm -hmm. you have to know what stimulates you. Yeah. And I do think that porn can be a good place to start. But consume ethical porn. Yes. Please make sure you are consuming ethical porn. Honestly, I would support OnlyFans creators. Mm-hmm. If you have a person that you know you're very attracted to and they create content, that's an incredible way to support and also consume it in an ethical way. Because most porn that you're going to find for free on the internet, like if you just go to like fucking Pornhub, type in whatever you're interested in, a lot of it is not ethical. Yeah. Um, just from the manipulation of the actors, there's a lot of assault that happens. I think it's very important to locate the right sources. Um, I know that personally, one of the ethical sites that I have found is, it's like Bayesa, or Belessa, I think is probably how most people would pronounce it. But Could it's you spell Bayesa. it? It's B-E-L-L-E-S-A. Okay. Um, and it is quite literally porn that is made by women mm-hmm. for women. Fuck yes. Um, so the storylines are really good. I'm going to Google this right now. And it's very woman-focused a lot of the time. And if it's not going to be woman-focused, it's very clear in the title of the video. So I think that that's a really great place if to start. And they have all versions of sex with all combinations of people. But find find what makes you horny. Find what turns you on. Find what, you know, gets you going. And once you're going, then just explore but explore your whole body it's not just your genitals that should be stimulated feel your chest feel your stomach feel your arms feel your legs feel your thighs like feel your whole body and see what points on your body are like pleasure points Mm -hmm. i mean i know that my inner thighs are a big deal for me i know that my stomach like the center of my stomach is a very like erogenous zone for me I know that I like for my breasts to be stimulated and for my nipples to be touched. So explore that for yourself and touch yourself in all of those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're ready, use your hand. Go figure out what you enjoy. Touch your clitoris. Put your fingers inside of your – like your, inside of your actual vaginal canal. If you're, you're a person with a penis, stroke your penis. Fondle those balls. Like – I don't know. Put a finger up your butt. <laughs> if you feeling like it, I need, I need, I need every cis man to please just put a finger up their butt and tell me does it turn them on? Where, like when? Like I just need to. But don't know. just like shove it up there. Like do it with a little bit of pizzazz. Do it with care. Do it <laughs> while you're grasping your shaft. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do it. Use lube. Yes, please use lube. Preferably clean your butt first. Like yeah. at least at least wash your your booty actually use soap please yeah like even a washcloth honestly like, really, yes please just really just clean just like, rinse I'm your not, shit i'm not telling you to douche your anus but like Good. you like use soap yeah please for the love of god like i feel like cis straight men often do not take enough care of their butts yeah and they need to I watched a video recently on TikTok where it was a girl who was interviewing people who identified as men who had penises. She asked them if they clean their butts. And the variety of responses, let me tell you. One guy literally was like, I don't like that butt stuff. Bruh. Bruh, that's not butt stuff. Like, that's just hygiene. That's just called hygiene. It's literally called, like... You could get dirt, grime, bacteria in your butthole that could swim up your penis and get into your urinary tract. Okay, can we just, for a second, this is completely fearing off topic, but have you ever thought about the fact that men, like cis men, have, or those just, those who have penises in general, when they poop, their dick is just 
dangling there. Like the poop is coming out parallel to the dick. Even if they wipe their ass, your dick is getting poop particles on it. Ah, uh, uh, I can't. The, I know that that's a terrible mental picture to have, but at no. the same time, like I'm the type of person where if I'm in public bathrooms and I can't pull this the toilet seat down, I flush and then run. Like I yes. cannot get. <laughs> toilet bacteria onto me i'm going to be grossed out for the rest of the day especially mm-hmm. if i pooped yep if i poop in a public bathroom and i don't have the seat to push down i'm i'm gonna feel like i got poop on me all day oh yeah absolutely people who don't close their toilet lids when they flush are actual psychopaths honestly they are the dirtiest people yes because i don't know if you know this there's plenty of research to support it so i would like you to go out there and do some independent research dear listener but they have shown the splash of when you flush the toilet and how far it propels the particles into the air. It is at least a foot. Yes. So like, okay, so let's say you're a wealthy person with a very nice bathroom whose toilet is in a separate room from your sink. That's all well and good. Still getting all over everything. Still getting on your clean toilet paper that you're going to then clean your ass with later. But if you're the average person whose toilet lives in the same room as the sink where you have your toothbrush, quite literally, like not closing the lid, you're getting poop particles on your toothbrush. And like you are brushing, brushing your, your teeth, teeth with poop particles. Yes. That's fucking disgusting. That is not even an example exaggeration so wipe your ass wash your ass and your balls and mm-hmm. close your toilet lid yes if there's any takeaways other than masturbation also i think it's really important for people to learn how to properly clean their genitals so for those who have penises it is really important for you to take soap clean your shaft if you are uncircumcised you need to clean beneath the hood please my oh my god please i gate have you ever given head to an uncircumcised penis yes if it is not clean you taste it yeah tastes cheesy it's fucking disgusting just so you know people with penises if you're uncircumcised and someone's giving you head and you don't clean properly it tastes like bad cheese not manchego not gouda it tastes like rotten gorgonzola honestly yeah it tastes like blue cheese went bad six days ago yes so clean clean your shit shit clean your shit clean your balls clean your balls your balls are literally sitting between your legs all day just getting sweaty getting sweaty gathering up bacteria yes and then also when you don't wipe your little tip at the end of peeing your little pee is just sitting in there it is brewing with your balls brewing i don't like that you said brewing but it is it is brewing but i don't like that you said it i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm putting a lot of really bad mental pictures in everyone's head that's okay you're just reminding me of when i was dating a cis white man and i remember telling him to put the toilet seat down because i really was just tired of shit particles going everywhere and Mm -hmm. he was just like you're an independent woman you do it and i was like the way that i'm gonna punch you in the face this was jerry fuck you jerry don't be a jerry put the toilet seat down don't be a jerry but then when you have if you have a vulva and those who have vulvas also learn how to clean it properly do not put soap inside your inner labia no never put that is soap a self-cleaning machine you do not need to clean it the only way that you need to clean it so also something i didn't know and mm-hmm. i know a lot of people don't know this when you are on antibiotics you are more likely to get yeast infections yes. because those antibiotics kill all not only the bad bacteria but, but the, the good, good bacteria. bacteria so you should always be taking probiotics when you're on antibiotics a really good way to get around it and it also helps with some of the like stomach problems that come with antibiotics is yogurt yes honestly because yeah that makes yogurt sense. But it has to be, like, yogurt with a lot of cultures in it. Yeah. So more natural yogurts are best. But if you can't consume dairy or you are unable to find a yogurt, just take a capsule probiotic. Yeah. Anytime you're on antibiotics. That was something that my mom taught me very young, and I am so grateful for it because it has saved me from UTIs and yeast infections. I've been in antibiotics a lot. Your girl has had pneumonia 10 times. Holy shit. Yes. And bronchitis probably more than that. So oh my God. I, my lungs are fucked. So whenever you hear me coughing on the show or you hear me like clearing my throat, that is not because I'm sick. It's just because my lungs are fucked. That's so, so funny. Just, just an FYI. But back to cleaning vulvas. Do not go inside the inner labia with soap. Now, do, should you clean the outer part of your vulva? Yes. And the outer labia, absolutely. You can use soap, something mild. Personally, I prefer Dr. Bronner's. I use Dove Sensitive Skin Unscented. Nice. 
I use the Dr. Bronner's lavender because I just really like how it feels on my skin. And I also have very sensitive skin, so it doesn't mm-hmm. irritate. But they also do have an unscented version that is, I think they call it their baby soap, but that is a good option. But make sure that you are thoroughly cleaning the exterior. And if you want to clean between your inner labia at all, only use water. Yes. That is all you should use. Never, never use a douche. I do not know how that ever was popularized to use a douche in your white men vaginal canal cis white men that's how it's disgusting and you completely throw off your ph and guess what you're worried about smelling you're gonna smell a hell of a lot worse when you have a uti or yeast infection exactly and then you're not going to be able to have sex or masturbate exactly exactly so take care of your vulva take care of your penis take care of whatever genitals you have even if you have a if you surgically have a vulva or you surgically have a penis and have had gender affirming surgeries Take care of it. This is the hill I will die on. Clean your fucking genitals. Clean your shit. Ah. Please, please just clean your butthole. Like, don't just, like, swipe some soap in your crack. Like, I know that this may sound a little bit extra, but, like, I'm very thorough about, like, wiping and cleaning my butthole. Like, when I go poop, I always use a wet wipe. I always feel so dirty if I don't. Yes. Like, I literally feel like I'm a walking Mm -hmm. dirt pile. Yeah, because it gets all the little extras that you can't get with the paper. Because the paper eventually will start to irritate your butthole, and that does not feel good. And as someone who has a literal butthole that is never okay and never not irritated, you have to just be gentle with it. And using a wet wipe helps. Yep. I love how we venture from masturbation to how to clean yourself, but some of this shit needs to be said, especially in terms of loving yourself, taking care of yourself, and wash your hands before you touch yourself. Yes. Every time. And go pee after you have touched yourself, after you have masturbated, Mm -hmm. after you have done anything, whether it is partnered sex, whether it is solo sex, you need to be taking care of yourself. For those with, with vulvas, pee every time. Yes. That helps you because you can be pushing bacteria into your urethra and you can push bacteria into your vaginal canal. And though peeing does not clean out your vaginal canal, peeing will at least get the uh, bacteria out of your urethra and prevent a UTI. Yep. Every single time that I have partner sex with my partner, they always look at me at the end and they're like, you have to go pee. And I was like, well, I don't have to pee this time. I'll do it in the morning. They're like, no, we are not going to bed until you pee. Exactly. Go and clean yourself. And they always make sure that they clean our toys afterwards. And like, they're very thorough. And that's something that like, I kind of took for granted. But even when I was having partnered sex with cis cis men, I guess I should say, it was, I always peed at the end of it. I always Mm -hmm. made sure that I did at the end of it. Yeah. And this is actually a beautiful segue, or I'm going to make it a beautiful segue, (laughs) into anal masturbation. Yeah. Because first off, that's a thing. And especially if you get turned on by by Mm -hmm. anal penetration, by anal stimulation, by eating ass, you know, whatever. Like, I mean... I know I do sometimes. I and like it's my like my ass to be eight. Yeah, it's, it, it feels kind of nice. But also, if you don't, that's totally normal. But for those that do, make sure not only are you cleaning your toys before and after, you're cleaning your body before and after, mm-hmm. but take it slow. Use lube. Yes. If you, I would only recommend playing with your butt for somebody who is experienced in self-love, who yes. is experienced in masturbation. For Absolutely. those who have never masturbated before and want to start, start slow, start with your clit. Start with finger penetration. One, maybe two. Clip your nails. Yes. Because I... file the edges. Yes. I've watched way too many A Thousand Ways to Die of women who have died masturbating with unclipped nails. All that I can hear in my head right now is the Dumb Ways to Die theme song. Yes. (laughs) I might have to insert a clip. Dumb Ways to Die. (laughs) But yeah, so for somebody who's starting with masturbation, who isn't 100% familiar, isn't 100% comfortable... Start slow, turn the lights off, maybe put on mood music, put put on your favorite songs that make you feel hot and sexy. Yeah. Start with your body. I know for me, I didn't learn that I loved my ears to be stimulated until I had partner sex. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I loved it when they did that Mm -hmm. while rubbing my clit Yeah, because that's what I do while I masturbate. And so I went to my partner and I said, all right, if you're going to do that, do this. Amazing. And you don't learn those things unless you figure them out yourself. Exactly. Because, yes, maybe some partner eventually may stumble upon that. But 
isn't it a lot better if you go into it and you say do this while doing this and yeah. Even if you Boom. don't have a steady partner, you're not in an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. If you have those FWBs, if you have those one night stands, or if you have just kind of like a freelance sex life, mm-hmm. it's going to be better going into those consensual sexual situations saying, all right, new partner, this is what you're going to do. This is what I know works well for me. What works well for you? Yeah. And you know, sometimes when you're never have sex and drink, first off, because that's non consensual. Yep. Second, when you are in those situations where it is just spontaneous, it's still good to say yes, no. Yeah. Yes, I like it there. No, a little bit lower. Yes, a little bit higher. That's too rough. Don't be afraid of being vocal. Yes, because this is about your orgasm. Yep. But again, you're not going to know those things if you don't masturbate. If you're going to start with toys, let's say you've, you, let's say you've graduated from finger master, from hand sex to toy sex, and you want to start pleasuring with that. Mm-hmm. I love lovehoney.com or wet for her. It's where I get all of my toys. It's mm-hmm. where I've gotten all my straps lubes and edible lubes are also very affordable make sure you get the ones that work best for your type of toy yes that is very important because um oil-based lubes can actually eat away at silicone so you have to use water-based lubes with silicone so just make sure that you're doing your research and if you buy the toy and you're like this is the one that i want Look into what it's made of and Mm -hmm. find the lube that works best for that. Yeah. And the reason we're pressuring lube so much is that while, yes, your body naturally produces its own lubricant, it doesn't always produce enough Mm -hmm. to get you from the start to an orgasm. Yeah. You will, after an orgasm, get extremely wet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for those who do get overly wet, you may drip. And that's totally normal. Yeah. There's vulvas look completely different. They react differently. I know my partner's vulva and my vulva react completely different to sex. Yeah. You know, and especially since I'm on a medication, I'm more dry than she is. Yeah. No, very much same in in our relationship in that my ending gets a lot wetter than I do. Mm -hmm. I get jealous. I am too. I wish I got that wet. Honestly, me too. I get whenever I get really wet in the beginning, but like the moment we do anything, my body's just like, okay, that's enough. Okay, we're done now. We're done now. You could just use that for the rest of the time. And it's like, no. That's not enough. (laughs) But I know that when I was having partnered sex with those who had penises, Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting really wet in the beginning. And so if we didn't have lube, you can use spit as an alternative, but be very careful with the last time you brushed your teeth. So I would refrain from using that. But also if you're just having sex with partners whose history you aren't unsure of – Make sure that you're using protection. Yes. Make sure that you are using condoms. You are using dental dams. There is um, a really cool company that makes dental dam panties um, called Laurels, My Laurels. Mm -hmm. And what I really like about a dental dam panty style versus just like a flat dental dam is that if you are into eating ass, if you are into anything really you can just keep that one dental 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 dam on <laughs> that one dental dam dental dam one dental dam on and use that for all of your various sexual needs yeah and you know just being careful is great also condoms are very useful for masturbation because if you are not wanting to boil your toys every time you use them you quite literally can put a condom on it and just Use it. Use it. Throw the condom away. Exactly. Yeah. So another option. But definitely start with your fingers. Mm -hmm. Start with a little bit of penetrative sex. Stimulate yourself. Stimulate your other body parts. Like rub your body. Find out what makes you feel hot and what makes you feel not hot. Yes. I know for me that um, ass grabbing makes me feel so hot, especially Mm -hmm. when they grab my ass and they shake it up and down. I got a small butt. So I know for a fact that I'm just like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) You know, but then there are also times where I'm like, oh my gosh, no, it's the back of my neck and my earlobes. That's what Mm -hmm. turns me on. And so there are little things like that that you won't know until you play with those body parts. And I know it sounds very strenuous and it sounds like it's a long time to learn your body, but it's like, it's for a good cause, you know. And also, your body deserves for you to take the time to learn it. It does. So Your, every body deserve every body deserves pleasure. Yes. And my final point that I will make is that if you are using toys on your butt, make sure 
that you're not just sticking anything and everything up there. Please use a toy with a flared base so that it does not get lost inside of you. Mm -hmm. Because unlike your vaginal canal, it doesn't end. It just keeps on going right up into your intestines. And I have heard some true horror stories from some medical professionals that I know um, of things that they had to remove from people's anuses. Um, and I just I just want to caution you that if you are going to be using toys in your butt, make sure it has a flared base and, and or a handle. And it's not just going to go pop right up inside you and just get lost. I almost lost something in my butt one time, so I'm not even going to pretend that I have not. I that I have always followed these rules, but we only speak from experience. Yeah, yeah. We you know, we can't completely. We can't talk on things that we don't know or that we haven't experienced. Yeah. I know for me, I've never stuck anything up my butt without a base, and so I would say that to somebody, and I'd be like, "Well, yeah, duh." And then I was right. like, "Wait, no, not a lot of people know." Yeah, that. not everyone knows that. You know, your like I said, your butt does not end. Your you go inside there through your anal sphincter, mm-hmm. and it does not end. Like, there is a, just a full-on pathway, miles upon miles of just intestine. I love that we went from sex talk and masturbation and pleasure toys. To don't get stuff lost up in your butthole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the whirlwind that these episodes go. But honestly, yeah, like, self-love is important not only for loving yourself. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, I love having sex. Yeah. I love having sex and i will say it for myself and with my partner i love every part of it i dream about it sometimes and there is situations where it's like i am not feeling the hottest and so i don't really want to have this type of sex but i want that type of sex there are times with my partner that i'm like you know i don't really want penetrative sex right now Mm -hmm. i just kind of want you to eat me out yeah. I just kind of want to scissor. I just kind of want you to rub your body on me. Yeah. And we have those conversations where it's like, I know what my body wants. Yeah. You know, penetration Honestly, would be too much. And it's okay if sometimes the things that you want for intimacy don't involve your genitals. Yeah. It's okay if sometimes you just want your partner to lay on top of you and to like ferociously make out with you. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. That gets like me so hot. Sometimes that's just the hottest thing in the world. Like sometimes that is better than sex for me. Yeah. It's because in that moment, that's what you need Mm -hmm. and that's fine also let's talk very quickly about the over sexualization of making out yeah because i was listening to i think it might have been on one of my podcasts that i listened to Mm -hmm. and it it kind of brought up this point and it was like if you make out with your partner and that turns into intimacy every single time Mm -hmm. then you are not separating kissing from the act of intimacy yeah from the act of sex and while yes kissing is a great segue into having sex with your partner doesn't always have to be it doesn't always have to be like have a good makeout session with your partner Mm -hmm. and just well yeah you're all hot and bothered but does it always have to turn into sex no sometimes it really is just enough yeah it's just enough in that moment it's satisfying yeah another trigger another sexual trigger point is your mouth yes you know it's the same way that sometimes just getting your nipples played with is Mm -hmm. enough sometimes just being rubbed on your clit is enough i don't know why but when you said nipples all i heard in my head was nippolos and then i was like what the fuck are nippolos and i completely went off in a different direction (laughs) nipple pillows nipple pillows i love that but yeah like knowing these things about yourself are going to translate nothing but positive yes in your sexual relationship with a partner or any partner yes and definitely something in my experience having as many partners as i've had is that it only gets better when you vocalize what you want and if you are with yourself and you're private and you're having that kind of conversation in your head of like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I like this, but I like it over here instead. Yeah. What's the difference? Well, that that's where your nerves are. The mm-hmm. vulva is kind of like the protective layer over your clitoris. And yeah. I don't think people truly understand how big the clitoris truly no, is. No, that thing looks like a tree root. It does. Your clit, which is the part that sticks out, mm-hmm. that is just the tip of it. It yeah. truly, the way that, the best way that I have ever heard it described is it looks like two lungs sitting on either side of your vulva lips. Yes. And they're deep inside of you. And so, and that's why a lot of people 
love penetrative sex not only because it hits their spot their g-spot but penetrative vibrating like Mm -hmm. if you have a toy that vibrates that also can go in it can stimulate the internal nerves of the clitoris clitoris, yeah there are correct me if i'm wrong on this there are 700 nerves in the clitoris eight thousand wow i was way off (laughs) i was like i know it's a lot it's a shit ton and it's almost what's wild is that like i've heard people with penises talk about like obviously how how sensitive the tip of the penis is but i think that penis only has about four thousand nerving endings in the tip it has half as many as the the head of the clitoris the clitoris is double the size Mm -hmm. of the sensitive part of the tip of the penis yep just put that into perspective what society right now is telling us that in cis hetero sex we have to care about the penis are you kidding me fuck that shit no the clitoris is where it's at also it doesn't always have to be clit stimulation Mm -hmm. i know for me sometimes when my partner goes down on me they'll kiss or rub the the soft part yeah right in between my thighs and my lips yep and it's so like my god just thinking about it (laughs) making me hot (laughs) when you just grabbed your boob (laughs) as you said that incredible ah Oh my god. But it's just those are the sensitive parts that mm-hmm. I didn't know that I liked until I touched myself there. Yes. Right? But that also goes to show first off how big the nerves are mm-hmm. and where they branch out to. They yes. go internal. They kind of touch a little bit of external and sometimes they can be on the tip of the lips and sometimes they go a little bit wider. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's clit looks the same. All of our bodies are different. Yes. Also, say it with me. It's not vagina. It's vulva. Thank you. It's your vaginal canal. The vagina is quite literally only the internal part of your vulva. Yes. When you sit down and open your legs up, Mm -hmm. that is your pubic area where your pubic hair grows. Mm -hmm. And the actual part that has your internal and external lips, that is your vulva. Yep. That is a vulva. Say it with me now. V-U-L-V-A. Homework for all of our listeners. Take a mirror. Doesn't matter what kind of genitals you have. If you have external kinds, you have internal kinds. Take a mirror and look at them. Just look. And know that that penis, that vulva, those balls, that pubic mound, they are all beautiful. Yes. They are all incredible, all unique. But learn your body. Learn where your pleasure points are. Mm -hmm. And then if you do choose to sit down with a mirror, Mm -hmm. don't necessarily masturbate in front of the mirror unless you you want want to. to. I've done it before just to learn what my body is. For me, that was kind of the turning point in partnered sex was when Mm -hmm. I masturbated in front of the mirror for the first time because I'm not going to lie, didn't know where my clit was. I have a hood over mine. Mm-hmm. so a lot of people have hoods over their clits that they don't know which is why they can't get stimulated there yeah you have to pull it back mm-hmm. and then mine is a little more sensitive because it does have a hood yeah and you like you have to know where on it mm-hmm. i didn't know i had a hood until i saw it yeah and i was wondering why i wasn't coming from eating out yeah see my my hood is very far back so my clit is almost always exposed right so for me very easy to find very easy to locate but i particularly enjoy stimulation on the left side versus the right side because the right side's really sensitive and Mm -hmm. it's almost uncomfortable to stimulate so the left side is just enough and you don't know those things until you learn your body and we're going to keep hammering this point home and we're already at an hour and and almost 10 minutes so i think we're probably going to wrap it up soon but please 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 Learn your body. Exactly. Learn yourself. Learn your body. Get comfortable with toys. And if you are uncomfortable with toys, get comfortable with your hands. Use Mm -hmm. the shower head. Use um, your fingers. Use just kind of like a little washcloth that's a little damp and like Mm -hmm. rub that on yourself. Use what makes you feel safe. In all honesty, and this is not going to be the best news for everybody, you are not going to fully understand the extent of your own sex life Mm -hmm. and your own pleasure points until you touch yourself facts big fucking facts set having masturbation and masturbation time is so mentally and physically healthy for yourself and mentally and physically healthy for your sex life mm-hmm. that i can't not recommend it to anybody i yeah. think everybody should masturbate yes and honestly when you are first starting out i'm gonna go back to the fucking crock pot low and slow baby low and slow yep so 
that has been our conversation on self-love, masturbation, partnered masturbation, honestly, all the all of the things. things. And in all honesty, this is only the beginning. We will probably talk about this again and again and again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So this has been sub queers yeah um if you want to find us anywhere on the internet we are at sub queers s-u-p-q-u-e-e-r-s everywhere um if you want to reach out to us you can dm us on instagram or you can reach out via email at subqueers at gmail.com um same spelling we really love when you guys reach out to us we have lately been posting a lot of questions on our stories on instagram so if you really want to get engaged that is probably the best way to do it um we also have been posting anonymous links so that if you want to ask questions or you have commentary you can reach out to us and not worry about you know anybody knowing who you are if you don't feel comfortable with that um, but please know that anything that you send us will be kept confidential. And if we do mention it on an episode, we will not mention your name unless you specifically ask us to. On that, uh, you can find us all over the internet. And also, if you'd like, if you love us, if you'd like to support us, it would really help us out if you gave us a review on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. That just helps us to reach more people. If you have any stories or anything that you want to share with us as well, you can Gmail chat us or, well, not Gchat, but you could send us an email. Yeah, send us an email. At subqueers at gmail.com. And like I said, you can find us on Instagram, which is our mm-hmm. which is our bigger platform. Yeah. I don't think we have a Facebook yet. No. Uh, Twitter we have, but we don't use that much. And we then don't. I don't think we have a TikTok, do we? We do have a TikTok, actually. A TikTok. There's nothing on it. We just don't use it. <laughs> but yeah, so Instagram and Gmail, those are going to be the best ways to reach out to us until we figure out what else we want to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was self-love, I want to say part one, because I know yeah. there's going to be more. So reach out to us if you got anything else that you want us to talk about in regards to self-love or if you have any questions or if you have any tips, Yeah, you know, because we don't know everything. We We love to learn. We do. We do. All right, y'all. For the time being, you can find us on all major streaming platforms and tune in in two weeks to see what's up. Bye, guys. Bye.